Welcome everyone to the latest episode of the Here's Johnny podcast, where we play games forced on us by our patrons that are just not horror games. Uh, I am your host, Larry, and we are joined, uh, obviously, by Justin. Hello. And <laughs> that a was very special. Yeah, and a uh, a very special guest, uh, Doctor Stephen Schur. How's it going? How are you, he- Mister? Soulsborn, Mr. Soulsborn? No, that's Mr. Dark Souls. <laughs> Mr. Sekiro, how's that? Steven, or Altric in the Discord, has been instrumental personally for me for all of these Souls games, and very much for Sekiro, which we'll get into, but he was there for the Sense Fortress night. Um, he and Justin helped me tag team finish... Uh, Final boss in Dark Souls three, uh, Soul amongst Center? other ones. Soul mm-hmm. Center, I believe. Yeah. Uh, just, I mean, Stephen, I know for a fact came in and helped me beat the Abyss Walker, because I almost stopped playing that game after that. Yep. But yeah, we are here for the final Soulsborne game I will play on this Godforsaken podcast. We can talk about the DLC. I'm not ready. Okay. It. Okay. Okay. All right, well. Uh, it is brought to you by our patron, Marcus. He likes to see me hurt on the inside. <laughs> but before we get into what's been new or even the review, this is Steven's first time on the podcast. So we have some horror bona fides. And the first question I have for you, good doctor, is what's your favorite scary movie? My favorite scary movie has to be the first conjuring okay and why is that it was the first movie to really make me feel unsettled like i watched it and i felt disturbed and i didn't feel maybe didn't feel safe i I felt terrified watching it It was just really wild On, on subsequent watches it was kind of funny in a lot of ways but the first time i watched it i was disturbed that's one of our our top. I think it's in our top ten still. Yeah, it's got. I think it's, it might even be like two or three. Yeah, Conjuring is in twelfth place. Oh, ninety one. Wow. Okay, ninety one. But but yeah, all right, Justin, you can ask the next question. Yeah, uh, what's your favorite scary game? I don't have the questions in front of me anymore. I haven't for that, a very long I, time. I'll take care of the other ones, but that's <laughs> that's the easy one for you. <laughs> What's the, my favorite scary game? Oh, easy. Uh, Rule of Rose. I I mentioned that to me so many times. I'm that is the it. game that is like the it's like the or, or is it an orphanage or it's like a boarding house or something like yep, that? Yeah. Yep. It was like banned in a bunch of places for a long time. Yeah, you know it. Yeah. It is. What kind of game is it? It's it's a um and, and it fits my like. And I'll agree with you probably later in, in the in the in the podcast on this um, that it fits the criteria for me for a game to be scary. I have to feel helpless as the protagonist, and you play as this girl in I think like World War Two era England, and you're taken to an orphanage after your parents die, and the other children in the orphanage like psychologically and physically torture you, but you're just a child. And you can't really do anything, and you don't really get a weapon for the most part. It's a it's a phenomenally terrifying game. 
I, I just have to contend that being hopeless in a video game isn't scary. It's it's frustrating. Hence, every single playthrough of Dark Souls. <laughs> no, it's or, no, or it's, it's on a different level. It, it is a very, it's like a well sought after horror game on the PS2, especially because it didn't get there wasn't a lot of print of it, so it's like really it's really hard to get a hold of unless you emulate, obviously, which I do. Well, maybe we can maybe we can do that. I mean, maybe we can steal you away from your third year of med school and bring you back for a review of that at some point. Oh man, it's. You know, the the truth is I've never actually played it because I could never get my hands on a copy, but I, I watched so many Let's Plays because it it just fascinated me. In the same way that Outlast makes me feel helpless. Like yeah. playing that game, even even though you're an adult, you feel totally helpless in that yeah. game. Rule of Rose is that to the logical extreme. All right, all right. Steven, what's your favorite horror book? Salem's Lot. A Man with Good Taste. Why is that your favorite horror book? Salem's Lot was the first horror book I ever read. Um, I was maybe nine or ten when I read it. Um, and it was really scary. Like I, But I think part of what was scary was I didn't understand a lot of what was going on because yeah. I was so young. Um, but yeah, it was weird. It was weird. The... Uh, I love the environmental thrill of it. Like you're in this town that just seems to be like going, going to shit. Can, can I say shit? Uh, oh yeah. You can say yes. whatever the fuck you want. <laughs> yeah. You're good. Uh, um, yeah. 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 Um, unlike your most recent recommendation for a book of a horror book for a book club, that was actually scary. It wasn't a recommendation. It was a nomination and we all agreed it was not good. Uh, that was the Loney Justin one I did for the book club last Saturday. Oh, I told yeah, you yeah. about that one was all build and no finish. The good old Stephen King. <laughs> well, speaking of Stephen King, they are making an adaptation of Salem's Lot. Another one. It's supposed to come what? out this fall. Yeah. And I don't know, like, obviously Justin forced us to watch the TV movie version. Oh, Toby. I, I tried to stop him. It was really bad. But, like, the thing for me that makes me nervous about it is it takes place at a time, like, where there's not cell phones, there's not internet, so that, like, vampiric plague can, like, slowly eke through the this, like, kind of isolated town. I don't know how you do that in modern times. I thought what would have worried you more is that it wasn't it supposed to come out, like, last month. It was come out, like, last year. Yeah, and they keep pushing it. That's not a good sign. No. I just... The book is great, and we'll leave it at that. All right. The next one. Your favorite horror monster. So monster is in quotations, because for Justin, it's the beast from It Follows. And for myself, Michael Myers, Ghostface, they're, they're up there together. So how about you? My favorite horror monster. Hmm. Give me one sec to think on this. You're good. I think it would have to be, um, I think the only thing that can really come to mind is like an eldritch horror, kind of okay, like a little love All right. Yeah, like, so, like my favorite types of villains are ones that you can empathize with or like understand where they're coming from. Yep. But for me, uh some like terrifying monster is something that's just beyond comprehension 
Yeah. You just can't understand its motivations. You can't understand why it's doing these things. Uh, and you have absolutely no control over it. That's actually a really good answer. I don't think anybody's ever answered that before. That's, that's a good one. Thanks. All right. The final one. What is your least favorite thing in horror? Like a trope or something. Like Justin is not a big fan of found footage. I hate torture porn. How about you? I'd say those are both really good. Um, I'd probably agree with both of them. I'd say to to give a different answer. Um, I don't like uh, that in a lot of horror genres um, and media that the characters are almost dumb. Um, That they do things that are just not sensible behaviors. Like, why would you split up in, in a group? You're in this enemy, potentially enemy territory. Why are you leaving the group? Why aren't you taking a weapon? Why would you just not shoot the thing in front of you? Um, I don't know. I've never, you know, been in a house having to chew, saw my own leg off, but I would probably throw the saw at somebody. I I think that's good, too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But there are rules in slashers, and you must follow them. Oh, my God. Are you going to bring this up again? She's not here, so she can't argue with me. But there are rules for a reason. Okay, so we're going to do new with you guys, but don't let me forget, we need to all three of us rank our favorite or the Souls games from our favorite to least Oh, fuck. Okay, I'll do that right now. (laughs) Yeah, I was actually just thinking about that, and we definitely need to do that. So Dark Souls 2 excluded, but Bloodborne included for that. Okay. What about uh, Elden Ring? Yes, Elden Ring, yes. Yep. Yep. Fuck. Okay. Okay. And so we need to talk about what's been new. Um, Stephen, I'll give you a bit of a break for a second. Justin, what's been new with you? Um. Well, I beat Resident Evil 4 Remake again. Uh, You're such a and bastard. I'm like halfway through my third playthrough, but I've, I've kind of slowed on that a little bit. Uh, I started playing Last of Us Remake. So you're playing it on PS5. Yeah, I'm playing. Yeah, I'm playing it on PS5. Uh, sure. Um, and then I've actually also started replaying the PC version of uh, Walking Dead: Saints and Sinners Chapter Two after that's being the VR game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like the VR Walking Dead game. That's actually like one of the best VR Walking Dead games. Oh well, it's the sequel. It's the follow up. Um, so it came out to like Quest exclusive last year, and it was bad. It was really bad. Um, there, there's just a lot of performance issues and like the textures were really, really bad. And I, I, it was horrible. It was just really bad. It was such a letdown. Um, I've put like maybe an hour into it on PC and it's already like 70% better. Like it's, it's, okay. it's a drastic improvement. Like everything actually like looks nice and crisp and there's still a few performance issues that I'm sure will be like hammered out now that it's like actually out. Um, but yeah, um, oh, I watched <laughs> and finished season five of the circle. Okay. Is it so good? Oh yeah, man. I cried. I like ugly cried at the end of that. It is like weirdly a very touching, uh, reality TV show. Cause it's like, like re- it's like real people, not like, it would be fun to be on that. I think. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. It would be. I think it'd be fun. There's not a lot of those reality shows that I think it would be fun to be on, but that and 
at least old school Survivor, I think would have been a lot of fun. I don't know about the newer seasons. Oh yeah, I've, I, yeah, I, I, I mean, I don't think I've watched Survivor since like season two or Fear Factor. <laughs> oh boy, as long as it wasn't spiders, I could do anything but the spiders. <laughs> uh, movie wise, yep, I watched uh, Team and T two Secret of the Ooze okay. on Sunday. That was uh, our weekly movie choice. Uh, Michelle and I got to pick this week, and I wanted to watch Naturals. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, other than that, I can't really think of. Oh, I'm not sure if this was count. If this would count as reading. What I've started to read the core rule book for Warhammer. Uh, one of my yeah, that my, counts. One of my like really, really, really good friends, like. No, I've known him for a very long time in my wedding party. Like, love the guy. Uh, his name's Tom. And uh, he's really into Warhammer. And we always kind of like, every time we get together and there's drinking, we always kind of like talk about, oh yeah, we should get together and like teach me Warhammer. And then, I don't know, last Saturday I saw him and I was like, okay, well, we're actually going to do this. So we have like a date set on the calendar. I have the core rule book. I have to read it a bunch and then kind of like get back to him at certain points. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm excited. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. On Saturday when we were at the board game uh, store playing some board games, I tried to convince Steven to do the One Piece trading card game, Pokemon trading card game, Magic, Warhammer, and he refuses to engage with me. No, whoa, whoa! You're you're throwing lies around. It's not that I don't want to do any of those things. I would love to do them. I just make shit. I have <laughs> no money, and and Warhammer especially is a really expensive hobby. Yeah, so that's actually like what my buddy Tom said. Is he, you know, he's gonna he he's got a bunch of ar- armies. He's gonna like let me practice. Like we're we're gonna like split up his army and practice that way. But uh, yeah, because I I started looking at Warhammer stuff and oh boy, I can't afford that. <laughs> I think it'd be fun. I think that'd be something to be fun, but you would need to have like a group of people who were like committed to it, so you didn't just end up like so. Burning that's through. the thing is like he has like a group of people that are cool. very committed to it to the point where they have built out like. Do you know what a Warhammer game board looks like? It's a big table with trees on it, right? It's basically like a giant table and like 3D. It's got like 3D, uh, yeah, like uh, terrain on it and all that stuff. He's got a. I don't remember if it's his friend or his cousin. They like built their own. Cool. And I've seen pictures of it, and it is insane. It's like better than anything I've seen at like any board game store or like anything oh, like cool. that. So they put a lot of time into it. So. Yeah, that's speaking uh, of building, I've built characters for both of you for alleged D and D campaigns, and you both have flaked on me as I sit here staring at you. I'll play D and D, dude. I'll fucking play D and D any day. Tell me when do I show up? No, I'm I'm coming for my first one. Oh, I built characters. I, I've I have I have already have written the one shot. You just need to. I mean, it's always on as me. a DM. I should probably do it, but you know, you should get the rest <laughs> of your players to set aside some time. Yeah, Larry, come on. Okay. Uh, listen, I've played D and I've played a couple games of D and D already this year, with another one coming up in like a couple weeks. I only ever did one. It was a Pokemon themed one. Yeah, that's, and I that's pissed off the DM because he said I could do whatever I wanted, and I started beating up the children. You're a shit disturber. That's why. <laughs> yeah, you're 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 a fucking murder hobo. <laughs> 
Steven, what's been new with you? What have you been playing? What have you been reading? Um, I have been playing uh, Dark Souls Two as it as it is. Yes, right. So okay, uh, I have a, I have a question. As one Soulsborne lover to another, Larry, yeah. you can wait out for a second. Yeah, I'll, I'll beat my it, So after playing through all these, is Dark Souls Two worth picking up? Especially if I can only get Sins of the Scholar or whatever it's called. So I and uh, I have only played Scholar the First Sin um, because that was all I was able to get. Um, and you've played all of the Dark Souls, the entire universe at this point. Um, I would say a, you should just round it out and yeah. finish it all and just play play number two. Um, but you know, I will say it has one of the most interesting hub worlds. Okay. Um, you know, three has the, uh, the fire, uh, Firelink shrine yeah. or the, uh, and so does like one, uh, Elden it. Ring has the round table hold, uh, Sekiro has the dilapidated temple. Bloodborne's got the dream. This one is so unlike any of the other dark souls in that it's bright. It's by the ocean. Um, and the area that it's in for the hub world feels like an old town, like there's okay. like there's memories and there's places and there's one guy who goes and sets up shop in this old storefront. Um, so it's really kind of an interesting thing. And the, you know, one and three are both kind of like at the ends of particular eras in yeah. time of the universe. Uh, two is after waves and waves of kingdoms. Uh, and you go and you walk through all of these fallen kingdoms uh, and you experience all of them, the different things they had, especially in Scholar of the First Sin where you get the DLC and you go through the different uh, the different actual castles of the kingdoms. Um, so I'd say it's really good. It's super padded with shitty bosses. Um, oh, lovely. <laughs> but, but like, it's it's totally worth it. I've played it maybe, maybe four or five times. Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, okay, I gotta pick it up. I'm gonna add it to my Steam list just right now. <laughs> I own all these games. And I remember I, the first night when I played the first Dark Souls, I was like, oh, this is going to be fun. And the next day I went out and bought the rest of the series. And then day two of Dark Souls happened. <laughs> Besides Dark Souls 2, Scholar of the First Sin, Stephen, what else have you been up to? Um, I'm in a book club with you and uh, uh, Matt the P. Uh, and we just finished our first book, um, The Loney, which which was uh, garbage, not steaming garbage. Um, uh, and I picked up the new book, so I'm reading Gideon the Ninth. We started it. A, uh, I'm about a third, if not half of the way through it. We have like 39 days until the next book club meeting. Yeah, and I got two other books aside from that from the library. I got shit to read. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's really good if, you know... If any of your listeners are fans of dark stories that are sci-fi with heavy queer themes and necromancers, then this is the book for you. Um, and then outside of that, I've just been trying to get ready to go back to med school, which is uh, going to be way less fun. than any other Six show. weeks, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think it might even be four weeks, honestly. <sighs> So, Justin, I'm not sure if you know, so the way his program works is he goes to med school for two years, okay. takes a vacation to go get a PhD, 
and then he goes back when he finishes his PhD for his third and fourth year of med school. He's smarter. It's like than... Dark Souls, but in real life. <laughs> <laughs> okay, for myself, I finished Trigun. Um, that was something that the P told me to watch that he really liked. It starts off really goofy, like not bad, but just like goofy, like old nineties anime. And by the time I finished it, it might be my favorite anime I've ever watched. Mm. Like it, I, it, it's definitely better than Death Note, and that was my reigning favorite. It's just a great story. It's only like twenty six episodes, and I don't want to spoil anything. It's just it was not what it started out being, and all the credit to him for that because it was really good. Um, I'm on episode nine of season three of uh, Sword Art Online. Uh, it's it's cool. Kirito gets stabbed, and he has to like he's like fully into this like new VR world. Whatever it's Sao. Uh, I watched the Sao movie Extra Edition. Um, it's like a recap of like season one. Um, I literally had to like put up like my walkthrough of like FF seven because like. It's super cringy. It's just that was cringy. I did not like that. I watched New Moon. You're Larry. not going to call that cringy. <laughs> that was funny. Larry, I have, I have found them to be hilarious. Like it is so bad. These actors who like are very good actors are acting so badly. Oh my God, Larry. Like you, you know, you can't say this with a straight face and then also be the same person reading Midnight Sun. You don't. You don't get to have your ironic cake I'm and eat it. On a wait too. list for the audiobook. Uh, I watched Vampire's Kiss, which is the next one we're doing for the Cage podcast. Uh, that was not the movie I thought it was going to be. Do not go into that thinking it's a comedy. It is like just a dark, shittier version of American Psycho. It was not good. Um, and then I watched Mission Impossible 3. Oh, it's been a long time since I've seen Mission Impossible 3. So fucking good. Is that uh, uh, a... Oh, man, I don't want to say the actor in case it's not... Philip Seymour Hoffman. Yes, is that okay. Guy. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And that movie starts off on, like, with the scales turned to 11, and it does not let down. It's my... F- I still like the first one just because it was, like... I didn't expect what it was going to be and, like, all, like, how gritty it was. So it's, like, 1, 3, and, and then 2. Uh, for games, the only thing I've been playing is FF7. Um, we just ditched Tifa and Medeal to hang out with Cloud while we go do some stuff. Um, and as but, of recording this, you got two days. Not even a day and a half. Yeah, I won't have a beat. <laughs> I won't have, that, not because like on the, on the Steam version of FF7, you have to download a mod to do like the speed up, okay. right? And if you download the mod, then you can't get the achievements. So I'm going to have to uh, grind out the money and the experience oh, the hard fuck. way. Yeah. Books. I have like four hours left in Breaking Dawn. That is bad. That's bad. That's trash. You're not going to get any sympathy, though, because you're doing it to yourself. I know. Exactly. Uh, and, and then I have like 100 pages left in the book Winning Fixes Everything, which is like a deep dive into like the cultural systemic rot that led the houston astros into cheating oh yeah we talked about this last week actually yep it's really good the other thing is we're recording this on wednesday instead of thursday because my michigan state spartans made the sweet 16 and they play tomorrow so recording a day early 
I don't know what any of that means. <laughs> I think I even have Sparty's doing uh doing well tomorrow. I have Sparty winning the whole thing. That's that's not real. Because that's my team. You gotta you gotta ride the horse you came in on. <laughs> Alright, I can't put this off any longer. Do you wanna talk about Sekiro guys? Sure. Absolutely. All right, so let's give the mic to Justin and tell us a little bit of background about this game. All right, so uh, Sekiro Shadows Die Twice is a 2019 action-adventure game developed by From Software and published by Activision. Um, if you notice, it's not published by Bandai Namco, which were the publishers of Dark Souls and uh, Elden Ring says a lot, I think, when we'll get into that. <laughs> uh, so development of Sekiro began in late 2015 following the completion of the Bloodborne DLC, uh, The Old Hunters. Um, it was directed by... Hide oh, man, I'm so bad at these names. I'm sorry, guys. Uh, Hide Miyazaki, uh, who had previously worked on the Dark Souls series and Bloodborne. Uh, Sekiro drew inspirations from the Tenchu series of stealth action games, particularly... Uh, partially developed and published by From Software. The team initially considered developing this game as a sequel to Tenchu. However, it quickly outgrew the concept. Um, the team created the game to be an entirely single-player experience as they believe multiplayer to have limitations that they wanted to avoid. And I'm we'll sure we'll touch on that. that later, Larry. Yes. <laughs> uh, despite the game taking place during the Sen Goku period of real world Japanese history. No historical people or locations are featured in the game. Uh, the game was revealed at the Game Awards 2017 in December, showing the tagline Shadows Die Twice, and then the full title was revealed um, during Microsoft's E3 uh, conference in 2018. And... Sorry. The word Sekiro is a contraction of Sekiwan no Okami, which translates as one-armed wolf. The subtitle Shadows Die Twice was initially meant to be used as a slogan for the teaser trailer until Activision requested it to be kept for the final name. Um, and then the last thing I got is sales. Um, I, I don't believe we've heard a lot sales-wise other than by July 2020 it had sold just over 5 million copies. What I want to know is, of those 5 million, how many people got an ending? So, I wasn't going to bring this up. Um, where was it? Um, Sekiro was praised by critics who complimented its gameplay and settings and compared it to Dark Souls, although opinions on its difficulty were mixed. Oh, yes. That will be discussed. All right, before we get to the summary, this was forced on us by our patron, Marcus, who likes to hurt us, me in particular. Uh, Steve, you met Marcus at my birthday party. I did, yeah. Yeah, I was... Did he I hurt you then, too? No, he was a really nice guy. I don't, I don't know what Larry's bitching about. 
Let's hear what Marcus has to say and why he picked Sekiro for a religious forced horror game. Sekiro Shadows Die Twice has kind of a special place in my gaming heart because it was the very first Soulsborne game that I ever completed. I picked it up mostly because I was a huge fan of the feudal Japan setting that I saw in trailers and previews of that game. But what really kept me committed to it to the point of completion was the fact that it was one of those rare few games that made me reevaluate how I play video games. I think personally at that time I had been kind of in this loop where I was cruising through games, not really focusing too much on learning a specific play style. It's more of just sort of brute force my way through a game and get to the ending. But Sekiro made me slow down and learn exactly how this game should be played. And I was pretty grateful for that. I thought it was really cool. One of the things I really enjoy about this game too is the combat system because unlike past Soulsborne games that relied a lot on dodging, rolling in the iframes, and possibly parrying if that's your playstyle, this game focuses so much on you actually blocking 90 to 95 percent of all the attacks and doing some counter attacks and i think that really empowers the player to live out their best japanese anime dreams kind of if you think back to older anime films like ninja scroll where you see these samurai sword battles that are just over the top and so cool looking i felt like sekiro aligned itself with that style of combat a lot more and then finally this was a really cool setting for me to explore it allowed me to take different locations at my own pace i could take the time to look around and see some of the beautiful visual elements that were put into this game and i can definitely see why this had won uh, numerous Game of the Year awards back when it was released. So I'm really glad that you guys were able to play it, and I'm eager to hear your thoughts on it. Two things. This one... Oh, don't be too eager. Awards. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, yeah. And um, for me, if I want to out, live out my anime fever dream, it's Dynasty Warriors. Um. So here... Um. Let's see. Game of the year at the Game Awards. Um, I watched that one time with you and him. Uh, South by Southwest, Game of the Year. And then it was nominated a bunch of other times and lost. Insane. Steven, are you ready to give a 60-second summary? Man, Control came out that year, and so did the Resident Evil 2 remake. Both so much better. Anyways. Control and Resident Evil 2 came out in second. Okay. Ready for a second summary, my friend? <laughs> yeah, you have a you got a timer for me. I do. I'll give you a three, two, one. You can go. Three. Uh, let me know if the music is too loud, and I will turn it down. Two, one, go. So Sekiro: Shadows Die Twice, as your uh, patron mentioned, is a story taking place in the Sengoku era of Japan, which was this era of high warfare and a lot of political conflict. Our protagonist is actually named Wolf, although is called Sekiro, um, which is a portmanteau for, uh, you know, a one-armed wolf. And you go through as a samurai, well, as a shinobi, actually, 
under the trying to protect your master named Kuro, who is a descendant of a long, mysterious bloodline called the Dragon's Heritage. Um, you were rescued at the beginning of this era when Ishin Ashina defeated General Tamara, by, and you were rescued by the Great Shinobi Owl. And you were raised as wolf and trained to be the shinobi. And the game really takes place when the Ashina clan is on its demise and Kuro has been captured. And your goal is to recover him. Uh, you initially get your arm chopped off and you go through all of these elements around Ashina Castle. The whole game takes place in a pretty narrow geographical landscape. Um, and you just go through and try to, depending on your ending assist him to either sever immortality and bring life back into Ashina, which is the landscape that you're actually in, or you betray him and take over, um, becoming what's called a Shura, which has uh, roots in Buddhist uh, mythology. Um, we'll get into some of the endings in a bit, but really the, this brings a lot of choice into how you want to protect and uphold the Shinobi Code um, and sort of the powers, and a lot of it's actually quite... Uh, has a lot of deeper meaning to it, but in on the whole, you fight a lot of humans, which is somewhat different from the other Souls games. Most of your enemies are initially humanoid and then become a bit more supernatural as the game goes on. That was two minutes, but you did such a good job, I couldn't stop you. I loved it. Oh man, you sh you should have stopped. You should have stopped me. Uh, <laughs> but outside of that, the one point I wanted to bring to the that Justin made was in the original teaser trailer for Shadows Die Twice. Um, I don't know if you guys caught it, if you watched the teaser tw trailer, um, but what they show is the prosthetic arm. Oh, yeah, uh, I remember that being, they, like, a big thing when they showed it off, yeah. Yeah, they show the radius and the ulna of the prosthetic arm, like, the two bones in your in your forearm, and no one had any fucking clue what this was. They're like, the hell is this weird contraption thing? Um, and you unlock that core memory by bringing up the teaser trailer again. Sure. So, let's talk about plot. Uh, Steven, as the guest, you can go first. Pros, cons, thoughts, overall takeaways? Yeah, so from my, my own experience, having played all of the Souls games, with the actual exception of Demon Souls, um, I really uh, enjoy the plot. Um, it's told very differently uh, than any of the other Souls games. In fact, you have a, you know, a voiced protagonist. Um, you, it's not high role-playing, uh, in the sense that your character has motivations that are outlined and they speak them out loud, um, and their convictions are voiced, not just by themselves, but reaffirmed by others. Um, but the plot itself is very compelling, uh, the characters are really likable, um, even the ones that turn into your enemies that are, you know, in somewhat human and intelligent are pretty likable and, and you can understand their motivations. Um, as the story progresses, I think it's, it has a really good, you know, uh, rising arc. The climax is really good depending on what ending you choose. Um, and there are actually four different resolutions, if I remember correctly, to this game. Um, and one and of them I, you fight your grandpappy. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It, <laughs> Go ahead and summarize. The, the, you did the two. You did the demon ending, and you did the the normal ending. What well, are the I've other two? I've done all. I've done all four. Uh, yeah. So there's no. The I mean, you described it in your plot summary. What are the other two yeah. that exist? Um. So there's the demon ending. Uh. There's the just basic severance ending. Um. There's uh, which is where you kill 
Kuro. Um, there's one where you remove the immortality and leave him, you die, um, and he goes on to live his life. And then the really hard ending to get, which may actually be the true ending to the game, is... Of course. Uh, yes, when you uh, recover the mortal blade, um, there is the actual singular divine child that was generated by this, uh, the Senpo temple monks, um, and she will absorb Kuro... Uh, your actual lord, and then you will become her protector, and you will leave Ashina and head, I think, actually to like the land of the gods, which leaves like a huge amount of open space in this IP for a sequel, if that were to ever happen. Did I run into that child at the temple? You, you, I is a strong word. I, me, Stephen, <laughs> I ran into that child, but. Uh, <laughs> But yes, we did. So we'll I get did. To, yeah, we'll that's, get to that in gameplay. that's like who you get the mortal blade off of if I'm if I'm remembering that correctly. Yep. Jesus Christ. Okay, <laughs> Justin, your thoughts on plot? Yeah, um I I I definitely feel like this is the most followable plot <laughs> uh in Dark Souls because it or in like all of the Soulsborne series just because like you mentioned, I mean, there's a voice protagonist. There's not, it's not like, the story is not hidden in item descriptions, which is nice. It's not hidden away from you. It's kind of like told to you as kind of like, I mean, like the last of us kind of thing. Like it's, it's told to you as you progress. Uh, you're not kind of left to figure it out. I mean, obviously there's things that you can like, there's a lore behind everything that you can figure out, but like you can play this game start to finish and get like a complete story for the most part. Um, I'm not sure what happens if you kill your dad, uh, because, or no, you definitely, I'm not sure what happens if you don't kill your dad. (laughs) You still kill him. Oh, you do? Yeah, you stab him in the bed. Yeah, but in like a really unsatisfying way. Oh, it was fine. Credits came right afterwards. (laughs) For some of us. Um, (laughs) it, it, what kind of threw me was after I killed him, um, I found it actually a lot harder to follow after that because a giant straw man picked me up and I went to like the land above. <laughs> um, and then you fought your grandfather who came out of your brother. And then there was a giant fish. You fight a giant fish. I, I, I swam away from him. I didn't actually fight. Him. <laughs> I don't know if you're actually supposed to fight him or not. I just swam away. Um, no, I, I, it, it was good. I just, I feel like after that first ending, uh, like the first possibility of an ending, it kind of, it starts to go in the more like fan, it starts to go the more fantastical route, uh, which seemed a little, not like incredibly out of place, but definitely seemed like more offbeat from what the rest of the story was trying to tell. Yeah. I'm, I'm curious what you got from the story there <laughs> so you just you got to sit there and enjoy the story <sighs> you didn't have you didn't have to do the hard stuff <laughs> i attempted all the hard stuff but hey he, uh, beat, he beat one boss oh what boss uh palace or the uh the screen monkeys the, no the the noble uh the miss noble 
that kind Which of one? environmental boss that's like hidden in the temple of the whole area is covered in mist and you have to like jump across a couple trees and then you find this flute playing Miss Noble inside of the temple. It's above um uh Mibu Village. Okay. So, so well, like, we're, skip, Larry, we're didn't, skipping around. Didn't... We're skipping around. We gotta hold on, on, hold on, hold on, hold on. You didn't even fight the screen monkeys? That was like the easiest boss. I tried. I couldn't catch up to one of them. I so okay, so this is what I'm not understanding is because when I fought the screen monkeys, I only had to kill one of them. I had to kill four. And I only killed two before I gave it to Steven because I was getting so fucking pissed off. I chased the one on the rooftop until I could kill it, and then I got transported. And I'm not sure if that's because I did other stuff out of order. But I like I did not physically touch any of these other monkeys. Yeah, I killed the one behind you. I killed one in one of the rooms. You dropped out on it, and then I couldn't catch the other two. But we're getting ahead of the story. Plot. Uh, I critique the other Souls games because everything is hidden in menus, and I don't like playing games like that. I mm-hmm. I enjoy a good narrative. I enjoy, like some people will call it like a visual novel. I think some people are assholes. I enjoy the, so- the story being given to me through cutscenes that you earn through completion of challenges. Um, even though I'm not really big into like this aspect of like Japanese culture or whatever, I found the story to be really compelling and I understand that the ending that I got was because I was aiming for the quickest route to credits. Yep. But hearing you guys describe the other endings, I kind of like it. Like I, I like a dark ending. I like a dark protagonist and it would like, it makes sense for me at least that after everything he has gone through, like why would he not? Like he killed the people who trained him. He killed his father. Like he killed Emma. He killed all these people. Like why would he not in the end, just like take the mantle up for himself? Like that makes sense to me. So I enjoyed that. Um, I would never play it through for the story again. What that is a souls thing. But like I also wouldn't like read anything. Like, I've read like a dark souls comic, like obviously berserk, I started reading that, and even though uh, Dark Souls is based off of Berserk, like I found Berserk because of Dark Souls, right? Because I was interested in that story building. So I would say, like, it's a good story. It's told well. I like my ending. I'm not sure. I kind of actually like the secret ending, if that's what canon is, Stephen. Like, I'm not sure if that is it or not. But I definitely think this is the best told story in a Souls game, and this is the area where I scored this the highest. So. I, I find that I find that really interesting. That, what? Um, or what about it? I should say. Yeah, I, I just I find it interesting that you that you found this to be the best storytelling when I'd say there was maybe more dialogue, just even on total, in say Elden Ring. Uh, and the story was pretty clear in that one. That's a good point. That's actually a good point. I mm-hmm. for some reason I don't think about Elden Ring when I think about why? Because you actually like it. <laughs> I still got fucked on in that game. Well, that's my fault because I built built around Holy only go into the last boss to find out that both of them are resistant to Holy. Yeah. But I still watch videos of Elden Ring. I saw someone who has like like a Grim Reaper build where it's like this big scythe and there's this red flame thing. 
you attach to it and literally they just stand there and their poise is really heavy so they can't be knocked back and they just do one attack and it kills like all the bosses in one hit. Oh man. I gotta go back and play Elden Ring. It, when the DLC comes out for that, I will play it. Like I did enjoy that game. I, I yeah, legitimately did enjoy good, it. It's a good game. And the story, you're right. You're right. Okay, that's a good point. And look, actually, I looked at my scores and I was scoring it less than Elden Ring anyway, so I'm happy about that then too. All right. For plot, I gave it a seven. Justin, uh, I gave it a six. And the good doctor, I'm also going to give it a six. Yeah. That will probably be the last time I score higher than you guys. Gameplay. Let's talk to two people who probably enjoyed the gameplay before you get to me. Uh, Steven, go ahead. Steven's sick, uh, first off. Like, we'll get into this as we get into this further, but Steven texted me when he's on his what your third new game plus and he's like i might try to speed run this third third new game plus in about uh like a week or something so on, like, keep that just, in perspective as he talks and the biggest question which you should answer when you finish talking Stephen, is what who hurt you <laughs> yeah who hurt you <laughs> and what about these games tickles the id in your brain that i could only assume playing a new Pokemon story or going back and playing like an old school Final Fantasy does for me. Or it's Justin, because I know Justin likes those too. Like, what is it? Like, what is it about the fuck, the fucking brutality of this that, because you also like, because you were also super excited about, it was a sequel to a game that you said you really liked as a kid and it came out and you were super pumped about it. Psychonauts. Yes! But then you like, you like this stuff, so I don't know. I will hear you. I'm getting some water. Keep talking. I can hear you with my headphones, but yeah, talk. Yeah, so let me uh, put my other headphone in on this one. Um, make sure I can hear. Yeah, so my my whole shtick with... Uh, so I love the gameplay, you know, just on the outside. And I'm not good by any stretch of the imagination of these games. <laughs> no, 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 no. Let, 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 hear me out. You watch, um, uh, we're all probably familiar with Let Me Solo Her for Elden yes. Ring. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that is someone who's good. Um, but the reason I love the Soulsborne Sekiro Ring franchise um, is that it's a game, and I'm and I'm totally stealing this quote from Bhati Vidya. Um, is it's a game that rewards you for learning the game. You learn the gameplay. You learn the you know maybe couple mechanics that each of the games has, uh, and the game gets so rewarding to play. So does Final um, Fantasy. No, no. If I wanted to grind out. A, a month's worth of XP in ten, and hate myself before I could beat Seymour. You would never that's hate yourself. You'd have a good time. But well, but I agree a... with them in ten. Ten, ten is not my favorite. <laughs> yeah, and and I love the story in ten, but fuck me if it was not grindy. But for Sekiro, <laughs> the gameplay was fun. The combat mechanics, um, and and you you probably should love this. There was one, and Justin mentioned this. Um, it was either Justin or it might have been your uh, your patron actually, Marcus. Um, one mechanic and it's just block, and it's block at the right time. And there's really only a couple enemies in the game that will give you chip damage, 
Um, and there's really no stamina for the most part. Posture, I guess you could kind of think of like inverse, but it's really, really good. And it's kind of a little bit of a rhythm game. And, and I'm Jesus a musician, so I, I, I like that. Um, but it's smart. The gameplay is fun. There's a lot of versatility uh, with your prosthetics that you can use. You know, I'm granted the firecrackers are just the most useful prosthetic in the entire game. I got There's those. Nothing better. Than I know, because I told you to get them. <laughs> um, no, it's it's superb. Uh, and one of the things that I found interesting is, unlike the other Souls games, you you don't really feel that underpowered for the most part. With Excuse the exception me? of. No, 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 no. With the exception of some of the other enemies, like some of the big bosses, you're not going to get one shot. Whereas in Bloodborne, you walk around and some of these monsters are just going to like annihilate you in a second one hit kill. Even, you know, uh, Genichiro, who you fight either in the beginning, you can take a few swings from him before he kills you. Uh, so you're more balanced, which is a little bit more fun, lets you get into your shinobi we mentality that I love. I love Naruto, so this was a total jam for me. Um, but yeah, gameplay's phenomenal. I love it so much, and I just love the challenge of these games, uh, and I love that once you learn how to play the game, the game's just fun. Justin. So, I also enjoy a challenge a little bit. A little bit, a little bit. I'm not as sick as others um but what i found almost lacking in this in sekiro was that one of the reasons i love the souls born series as a whole is you can kind of build your character out how you want to play you're not kind of forced into playing one way yes obviously like certain builds are stronger than other builds against certain things but you can you have the freedom of building yourself up the way you like and as someone who's not like super into like the samurai area era of like anime or movies or books or games, so I wasn't like super interested in being a shinobi because I am more into that like fantasy knights and wizards kind of setting. Like that is that is my jam. I love that setting. Go fight um, Garland. At the end of the day. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's... It, I, I'm mentally detached from this kind of era of, like... Not era. Style. Genre, I guess. Like, I have friends who are obsessed with this, like, the ninja genre. Whereas me, I can just kind of, like... I can... I don't care for it. Um, and I agree. The blocking is cool. But I also do enjoy... I kind of missed like dodging through iframes and kind of like having more versatility at my disposal if I needed it and like being able to say like, okay, I can't beat this boss. Let me back up a little bit, go fucking grind out a little bit and come back and whip its ass or go change my style and come back. Um, because there were there were bosses that I just like beat my head over the wall and I was like I'm fucking done with this tonight like I can't do this <laughs> I hate I hate this like there were during Dark Souls and Elden Ring and even Bloodborne there are parts where I was just like okay fuck this sucks um, and I had to step away but this is the first game fire I was Sage playing Demon. what's fire that Sage, the Fire Sage Demon 
Yeah, well, for some of us. Um, <laughs> this was the first time playing one of these games that I actually sat here and go, I think I fucking hate this. <laughs> I think this is going to be the game that ruins Soulsborne for me. Uh, thankfully, I like kind of bounced back from that after taking you did, like, a week you were off. You did, because you on a run. Yeah, because as soon as I beat the wrong boss, <laughs> I was like, well, fuck, I'm just going to stay up and beat it. Because that's the thing is like part of my drive was I'm... I personally was not having fun playing it, so I kind of wanted to just get it done and out of the way. Because, like I said, I, I do enjoy building my character out how how I like to play it. And I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I could definitely see somebody, if they are into the Shinobi Ninja genre or style or however you want to say it, this being exactly their shit, but this is not mine. And... I don't know. I also got lost a lot in the... Uh, yeah, you did. Like, I, I think every time I played, I texted Larry. Like, I fucking lost. I don't know where the fuck I am. I don't know where the fuck I'm going. <laughs> like, constantly. I, I kept getting lost in the environment. I had a Virgil, luckily, when I was playing, so that made it easier. Oh, yeah. See, that's the thing is I, I like to try and go at these just like... I don't look anything up. I just go in blind. And... I mean, that was to my detriment because this is the first time I had to actually look something up because I could not figure out where I was going in the environment. And partially it's because there's this one point when you're at the serpent shrine, I think it is, when all the guys are like shooting at you underneath, mm -hmm. where one of my grapple hook uh, prompts was not showing up. So... I was running around for like an hour and I was lost. And then I watched a YouTube video and it was like, just like some guy grappling through. So I had to shut the game off, turn it back on. And then thankfully it started showing up, but that, that wasn't the only time I had issues with the grapple. Um, sometimes it was just not showing up for me. I'd have to like wiggle the camera, camera around while I'm kind of running around. Um, I don't know. I, I just, I, I appreciate what they tried here. Was it for me? Not necessarily, but I can understand and see why this is like scratches that itch for certain people. So I want to caveat this by quickly saying something. Okay. I am not afraid of playing something challenging. I have beaten Resident Evil Remake with only using the knife. I have done other challenge modes where I can't use the item box, where you can't, where you do like on the hardest difficulty. Where like you can only you can't save it all, you just gotta do it. Like I've done that. I've done You played in Final Fantasy ten. In Final Fantasy ten, I have done other challenges like that. In Kingdom Hearts, I've done it where you can't change any of the gear around. I I don't mind a challenge in a game that I like. Or a game that I feel rewards me. So second round. I've been dreading it since it was forced on us. I knew it was coming. And yep. the biggest reason I was dreading it is something that Justin mentioned in his background. There is no ability to summon in help. Throughout Dark Souls, Dark Souls 3, Bloodborne, Elden Ring, I summoned in help. Whether it was one of you two, whether it was both of you two, whether it was someone random, whether on Elden Ring where I was literally going on to like the Reddit site and saying, hey, I need help beating this person. Can you come help me? Like... I enjoyed that because this isn't the kind of game I want to play. I would never play it unless it was someone was compelling me to play it. But at the same point in time, I always felt like if I was getting stuck, there was an option. There was a, a flare, a white flag, 
something available to me. The few things about this game that I do like is that I liked the stealth component of it. I never felt that the overworld was fucked. I think about like Blight Town. I think about Lake of Rot. I think about some of those areas in those other Souls games. The the one area like where the witches are at, or before you get to those three guys in Bloodborne. You know what I'm talking about like the three dudes in the little burrow area that spidery poison filled hellscape mm. with all the traps like i never felt like i ran into an area like that in this game whether that was steven's direction for me as i was navigating the world but like like you guys said and that's why i was under trying to understand what you said about being like overpowered versus the environment like the world seemed less screwy for example the snake i never died of the snake i figured out how to stab it in the eye like right away and i figured out that it was blind from that side so when you need to navigate around it you could get around it did you do the second snake encounter no i didn't okay fuck that second snake encounter. <laughs> yeah i didn't know that did you, okay. did you did you do it with possession oh i didn't even do it. I, I died and was like nope fuck this i'm gonna go fight the ape <laughs> so i will put that there um the first night i played it i beat the first little dude you come across by the gate i beat the drunken person chained ogre okay and then i beat the chained ogre it was was a person before the chained ogre oh just like the run of the mill it had a health bar okay they all have a health bar larry And then I ran into two bosses and I realized very quickly that I was out of my motherfucking depth. The first was Lady Butterfly. She went into a second phase and fucked on me and I realized this was going to be a problem. And then I went to Jinichiro... The castle? I wish Ada was here to do the call. Gyobu Masataka Oniwa? (laughs) Yes, thank you. And... I was like, oh shit. And so I went on YouTube and I was like, I can't summon somebody. So I went on YouTube. I was like, how do I cheese this boss? And so I spent like two hours trying to cheese him by like hopping up this ledge and get a bound it to, to, to bait him. And then to, or and that didn't work. So I was trying to bait him off the ledge and that didn't work. And so I realized that I was fucked. So Justin is in Canada and he was having his own struggles because we were both struggling at this point. And so I asked Steven, I was like, would you come over here? on a Saturday, and just help me beat these bosses. So the way we did it, he came over, I made fresh biscuits and gravy, made some fresh chili, we sat on the couch, and I had to do everything, and when I got to a boss, I had to attempt it five times. There was one boss where he fucked with me, where you didn't even have to fight her, you said the run by her, but he still made me fight her five times, that was annoying. Which one was that? The ghostly Oren uh, of the water. You technically don't need to fight her. You can just run past her. Oren of the water. It's right before corrupted monk. So when when yeah when you're in Mibu Village before corrupted monk, there's that woman standing there playing the uh, the guitar like instrument. Oh, okay. Yes. 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 Hmm. Yeah. Uh, I watched Steven no hit a couple bosses. Um. I don't think he... I think you died one time and it was to Ashina. The last boss. 
Yeah, I, I think I... I think I still, I think I did pretty well in terms of not dying to most of the bosses. Um, I know you know hit, I, yeah. you know hit uh, the horseman. Oh yeah, no, Genichiro was a, a solid run for me. I, I just don't understand. I had more success in Dark Souls because in Dark Souls, particularly Dark Souls One, you can grind. You can just get stronger. You can get strong enough to wear Havel's armor and you won't get your poise broken and you can just fucking swing. Like, yeah. it's an option. And or you can get naked and run through Sun's Fortress. You know, whatever. Whatever one you want to do. Or... I was trying to be light. Or, like, in Elden Ring, like, I, I don't know. I always felt like I wasn't fucked. And in Sekiro, when I got to Jinichiro, right? Kyobu Masataka Oniwa. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I just really realized that I was in a land out of my depth and that I needed help. So, yes. I I think the lack... So, I don't know if this is accessibility and I don't want to be the person, like, give me an easy mode. Like, I don't want to be that person. But, like, this is the first of the Seki Soulsborne games that I truly felt was unaccessible for someone who didn't have the part of the brain that you two obviously have to like, for lack of better terminology, get good. Well, so he, so here, here's the thing I will say to that though, is, is I do think that every Soulsborne game should, should have some form of easy mode because I, I, I think Gaming only gets better when you make it accessible to everybody and yeah. stop like gatekeeping. It, yeah, I, I, I'm. I, we've talked at length about this whole get good shit. I hate it so much. And, and it's why like, I don't know if it's accessibility because like, I definitely think like Miyazaki should be able to create the games he wants to create. I think that's yeah. totally fine and valid. The same way the people who make like the really weird games that you send me sometimes on Steam should be allowed to make those games. Like Some games just aren't going to be for everybody, and I think that's fine. And if you feel like it hurts your artistic vision or whatever you want to call it, that's your prerogative. Like That's cool, but I'm going to critique it. I don't like it. Like I would love to be able to sit here and talk to you guys and be like, yeah, I played it on like super easy mode, but I still beat it. Like That's how I feel about the original Dark Souls. It's like I ground up a shitload of souls, got strong, still sucked, but beat it. Like... People who watch me stream that watch me after all that grinding get the fire sage demon and die like forty fucking times in a row. Like, so, so I, I was I'm, never I'm gonna, good. I want to challenge you for a second. Okay, and and I I agree with both of your points in that accessibility is a feature that is uh, absent in this game. Um, you know, there's no summoning, which I do argue is a story mechanic because in all of the other. Out. All of the other Elden Ring, uh, Bloodborne, and Souls games, there's a reason you're able to summon other people. Uh, that just Larry. wouldn't make. S- That's what? the reason to help people like me. Yeah, but but the other thing is, did Larry? Did you ever go out of the dilapidated temple and to the right? To the training ground. And s- yeah. Yes. That that's where that's where you grind. And my first playthrough, I did not get this timing mechanic of blocking, 
And I spent a lot of time there and with just the easy mobs in the beginning of the game that have really slow wind-ups to learn it. Um, and be, because your, you know, your attack does go up over the course of the game, but not, like, significantly, you don't do, like, huge amounts more damage in, I never in noticed the it. end game. <laughs> I don't know. I just think that it's... Um, it's a practice thing, but yes, it would be more accessible and probably more enjoyable for people if you could, you know, max out your your stats early in the game or whenever you choose to. I I just think that it's you know part of the charm, but I I, I see where you're coming charm from. Charm is a strong word, Doctor. I think what you're saying is more than valid. I think it's right. Yeah. It's just, we are all now in our 30s, right? You're in your 30s, right? Good doctor. No, you're 29? No, 28. God, you're so young. So, we are older. You're 28. Listen, I'm going, in, I'm, going me, into my, I'm going into my mid-30s this year. Okay? I'm <laughs> fucking depressed as shit. <laughs> and it's like, here's a question for you, Stephen. By the time the next Souls game comes out, let's say it's in three years. Well, so hold on. So uh, Armored Cores this year and the, what the DLC. F- There's a armored new core? Armored Core coming out? Oh, yeah. You didn't know about this? Yeah. yeah. It's slated for this year. And then the DLC potentially hitting early next year for Elden Ring. So we're looking at at least 2025. I would say it's got to probably be around 2025. So you'll be in residency. Yeah. You love these games. Like, when I told you the first time that we were doing Dark Souls, like, your eyes lit up. Like, I remember talking to you about it. And you talked about, even when you were playing Elden Ring for the first time, we were discussing that, like, how, like, you had to, to learn the new mechanics. You had to, like, grind and practice and all that. Are you going to have the time to put into this a new one? Like, to have that little training area to do all of that? You know, I, I can't. Obviously, I can't predict the future. But you should um, try right but, now. Uh, but um, if the previous Souls games are any indicator, so you know, uh, brutally honest, my first entry into the, the, for this franchise was Bloodborne. It was the reason I got a PS4 because uh, I wanted to. I saw the trailer and I lost my mind. I thought it looked so cool, <laughs> the gothic horror. Um, I picked it up. And didn't realize that in Souls games, you don't need to clear the entire mobs before the boss and that they regenerate. I played for a day or two and put it down for six months because um, I couldn't get it. And I got to the Cleric Beast and I couldn't beat him. And then another six months went by. Um, and now every time a new so- I encounter a new Souls game, it's just progressively easier because I've learned how to learn the game like i i know how much time it should take so i think i'll absolutely have time when residency comes to learn the mechanics of the new souls game whatever that may be um but also you know regardless of how busy you are you make time for the things that are important to you you know my my family is important to me uh and this hobby is super important to me you know the the souls games are like you don't bring me a lot of joy uh for some reason um so i will absolutely put the time in all right, all right. Gameplay, Steven, What did you give it? 
Uh, I gave it an eight. Justin. Are you waiting for me? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I get a five. <laughs> I gave it a three. Okay. Audio. Um, I'll go first. Just wait, I, wait. I really don't have what. I. Justin gave his gameplay right five. Yes. Yep. Yeah. It was eight, yeah. five, and three. I'll go first on audio. Actually, I, I would like to go first if that's okay. I have been a man. I don't know the word now. Of course, it <laughs> fucking slips my my tongue as soon as I go to say it. I've been basically like a. I really enjoy the Soulsborne uh, soundtrack. I think they're all fantastic. I. We bring all it back, that, Spotify. Bring it back. I know. We all know that it's gone, but that's okay. Some of us have other ways of listening to it, <laughs> like myself. Captain um, Jack Sparrow. Yeah. Uh, hey, listen, they took it off Spotify. What did they expect <laughs> um, I have the Firelink Shrine as my wake-up alarm. Cool. And my backup wake-up alarm is Soul of Cinder, kind of when it, like, mixes into Lord of Cinder at the end of three. Yep. Uh, in the second phase there. Um, I l- love the music in these series, in this series. I know it's not an entire, you know, obviously it's not like we're with you. series. Yeah. I feel like this has missed the mark. Um, again, it is kind of mixed in with it, like the whole feudal era or the Sengeko era. Um, So it's again, hitting on that genre that isn't really my style. Not like I don't really like it. Um, I don't know. It just, it, I found it not hitting as hard. I I do think the like title music is nice and good. Uh, The one I played, like going into the topic here. Um, But other than that, I found most of it, to not hit as hard, especially like if I go back to Dark Souls One, which is like still to me, uh, maybe Elden Ring. No, Dark Souls One is definitely the most memorable soundtrack uh, of the entire series. I agree with you one hundred percent on that. It's just like I I can, without knowing the names, without seeing the song, I can hear the music, and most of the time I can pick out the boss. Um, I agree. Hear... Not sure if that's from PTSD or memorable, but. I well, that's well, that's the thing is like I, I even with Elden Ring when they added Elden Ring onto Spotify, I went through and I listened to it, and there, there was like a little less uh, favorites on that playlist. Mm-hmm. Um, but music has always been like a really strong storytelling aspect of this series, and I don't think it accomplishes that here. I think it just tries to add to the scene, like tries to add to the environment here it, it, it doesn't really feel as like integral to the story like i feel like you could take the soundtrack out and put in any other like samurai ninja movie basically soundtrack and you'd be okay you wouldn't really miss a lot um and yeah i i don't know i i just i i i think the voice acting was fantastic don't get me wrong. I think the voice acting was amazing. Um, 
but yeah, I don't, I don't know. It was just missing that like special. I don't know. It, it was just missing something. Um, but whatever it was, was like it, what it was missing was like that special spark that made Dark Souls, Dark Souls to me. Cause I don't, I don't know. No, Steven, what do you think? Yeah, I, I got to agree with Justin on this one. Uh, my It's probably my biggest, one of my biggest critiques of the game um, is I think by virtue of them placing this, you know, entirely fictional story into a real world setting with real cultural phenomena, uh, that they were highly limited by the music they were able to generate. And while it was diverse in a lot of elements, you know, uh, Sempo Temple, Mibu Village, uh, Ashina Castle all had unique uh, music, including, you know, I don't know if you keyed in in the, um, when you go to the Harada estate in the memory from a few years back, there was a lot more tension in all of the music through that night, um, you know, probably by virtue of the story at that point, but it was so, so one dimensional through the entire game. Um, and there was no, uh, for lack of better no, there was no better term. There was no bop like yeah. uh, Gwyn. Gwyn's theme is one of like the highest, most noteworthy pieces of music from the entire franchise. Um, and just sings in so many ways. And I couldn't sing for you anything from Sekiro except the clanking of the block. Uh, there's nothing else. Um, so yeah, I, I was not a huge fan of the audio, uh, but you're right. Voice acting was great. Um, doing, uh, doing the game with, with English subtitles in Japanese was really excellent. And I think contributed a little bit more to the, um, uh, I'm forgetting the word, but, um, ambiance when you spend, yes. Yeah. The ambiance. You guys hit it all. Uh, I think the word that I would say that describes what's missing from the music is epicness. I think when you go to fight every single Fall Gate enemy boss in any of the Dark Souls or Elden Ring or Bloodborne, like it's in like even starting with Father Gascoigne or the Cleric Beast in like Bloodborne, like the, the, the very first things you run into, the Asylum Demon. Um, the guy in three with the big black Uzi arm, whatever. Like the very first ones you come across, it's just immediately epic. It's like you're you are facing the unimaginable, and it always felt like in those games the scores escalated to your wins, right? To the Lord of Cinder fight, to fighting the fucking moon, right? All those things like. All the scores always seemed to just become more and more and more epic. I couldn't tell you anything of this. And the one thing I even thought when Steven was beating the final boss for me, Ashina, it's like there's nothing going on here. Like the, the building's burning, but like there's nothing cool. When the dude was like full of lightning, like there was nothing like epic about that. Like I see him flying around like fucking Sephiroth and we and we have nothing. And it's just a letdown. And I think, Steven, I think your logic behind it, maybe you're trying to keep it grounded in that reality. I think it makes a lot of sense. You fight a fucking headless monkey that screams through its head that gives terror and farts at you and a giant snake that wraps around a valley. 
we could have suspended disbelief a little bit to get a better score. And oh, I guess you didn't see the dragon that you fight. <laughs> what? Oh man, yeah, yeah no, you I, fight a dragon, Larry. I didn't, I didn't tell you all the bosses that you you missed. There are a lot of interesting bosses uh, in the other because you make one choice and you lock yourself out of like what I would say is maybe a twenty five percent to thirty percent of the game. Cheers. Oh yeah, it was like an entire <laughs> night of me banging my. I head told you, Justin. I tried to call you. I got to that fight at like three or four. No, it was later than that. It was like yeah, five o'clock. So I was eating dinner. I stayed up so fucking late that night. You're trying up to like that three. Goddamn game. You texted me when you were done. <laughs> But I will say, <clears throat> the dragon was a cool conceptual fight. I think it was maybe weirdly probably the easiest, um, only because it was a lot of like if you got your block down, you you were you there was no way you were taking damage in that fight. Um, but then you're also going to things where like your your grandfather comes out of your brother's shoulder. Arm. So he's not I don't your brother, and he's not your grandfather. Oh, oh, <laughs> who is he? Uh, but I, I don't, I don't blame you for it. The other, the other thing I want to, Larry, you commented on this. Um, I think also by virtue of this taking place in like a place with people that are living their lives, having a lot of like over, like overt music disrupts some of that in some of that ambiance, like. You have to eavesdrop on people and like hear conversations and sound is really important not only for you as a shinobi to like maintain that quietude, but also in a lot of Japanese culture, like quietude is significant. Hey, um, Final Fantasy so, ten, Jack's theme fucking goes hard. Don't don't you <laughs> talk to me about maybe the grindiest game of all time. I'd rather play thirteen or thirteen two than ten. You're so full of it. Hey, thirteen two also had a fucking track that whipped ass uh, called Crazy it, Chocobo, it and I still listen to it. Ten two had well, some what good about tracks, uh, too. That was grindy as uh, hell as well. A seven remake with uh, the Chocobo theme. Oh yep. man, I'll be, I'll be playing that again soon. At some point, I bought it at the Steam sale so I could finally do the Yuffie DLC. Well, you got until the winter. Oh no, never mind. No, I, I bought it. I know that's not what I meant. It's not coming out, Justin. Don't don't lie to yourself. All right, for audio. Dude, it's going to be even longer for PC. It's going to be like two years after that. Five and a half for audio. Justin. Uh, I gave it a three. Oh, damn. And Steven. Four. Okay. okay How am see, I giving it higher scores okay, than you guys? But here's the thing, Larry, is you say that's brutal, but like to me, even if you look back at my scores, the soundtrack has always been like, a pinpoint of the series or the genre of Soulsborne. And basically in this, I don't feel any like emotion that they tried to put forward because like I think about every time I listen to soul of cinder or, um, Fire Oh my God. Or, or like, uh, the ceaseless discharge. Ceaseless discharge. I actually, I actually really enjoy that tune. Um, Oh you my know God, Doug and I Matt think... let me fuck around in that for like an hour before they told me to go back and get the fist? Good. <laughs> but no, I, I, I can't remember. What is the dog's name? The giant wolf? Sif. Sith. Sith. Yeah. That, like the, the emotion in Sif and like Soul of Cinder or Lord of Cinder alone, it like makes the, the, that, the soundtrack in Dark Souls 1 like 
Artorius ten times better. Too. What's that? Knight Artorius. Yeah, well, and that's the thing is like there's so much emotion and like you can feel the moment you're like you are basically like enraptured by this moment that you're living because of the music is like so powerful. And here it's just like it's a shtick that they had to they kind of force their themselves into, but it's a shtick that doesn't play well, especially when you're dragging it across a before we get the house five hour game. I have yes. a question for you guys. Do you fight the old man who works under your prosthesis at all? Is he a secret boss? Yes. I figured he would be. Um, I became him. What? <laughs> that is an ending <laughs> to the game um, where you become the sculptor. Yes. Although it's, it's, you know, headcanon in the community makes questions about, you know, sort of rebirth and immortality and time skips and that this game is, you know, playing on a loop. I don't think that's necessarily canon. Um, but yes, you can fight the sculptor. Uh, once the day changes, it, you couldn't in your ending because you, you fucked it up. Um, <laughs> actually, you, you might have. You might be able to do it in the, in the Shura ending, but I don't really think you can. Uh, but eventually when the Interior Ministry, which is like the government... The yeah. actual government comes and invades uh, Ashina. Uh, it's really cool. You play the game in reverse. You go down Ashina Castle and across the bridge, and you watch as the uh, samurai of you know of Ashina are fighting against the Interior Ministry. And you can just walk by. They're fighting each other, and then there's all this fire, um, and you get teleported to the battlefield for Gyobu Masataka Oniwa. Uh, and you fight the Demon of Hatred, which is the sculptor. And if you talk to him throughout the game and you give him sake, you can unlock specific dialogue for that fight. Um, but that is a hard-ass fight. That is, like, a very difficult fight. I figured that was... I, I, I was getting those vibes. How scary? Steve. I can go. Okay. No. <laughs> no, and I gave it a one. Steven. <laughs> After you. Um Yeah, it's not scary. Even you know, going by my own words I said earlier, you're not helpless. Oh, at you, any are. Point. you are if you're if you're if if you haven't learned the mechanics, if they're not comfortable for you, yeah, you're helpless. But like as a character, Wolf is not a helpless individual. Okay. Kuro is helpless. Um, I think there are some elements that are horrifying. Um, Larry, we skipped over them, and Justin, I don't know if you, if you got to this, but beneath Ashina Castle, um, you'll find this area of just immortal people that were experimented on, and, uh, and it's part of like the lead-in to Sempo Temple. Um, and interestingly, there's a surgeon down there who was a disciple of Emma's dad, Dogen. Um, and he will it, ask you. Is that the guy who asks you for somebody? Yeah. Yeah. He I, asks I, get, you to I bring gave him, him somebody. Yeah. And you have a couple choices as to who oh. to give him. Yeah. I um, you can um, give him I the guy him with like the that was looking for like the twirly thingy. 
I, I don't remember what those things are called, but yes, that's who I gave them anyways. I don't know if that has yeah. any like significant impact. So, so I'd say you're a bastard. Um, <laughs> that that yeah. was the, you're not the uh, only one to say that. So <laughs> that that's like the, the awful thing to do. Cause interestingly, <laughs> those pinwheels, um, symbolize a dead child that the Senpo monks experimented on to try and achieve immortality. And you go through Senpo Temple and there's a statue and a pinwheel and each of those commemorates a dead child. So there are a lot of things in this game that are just horrifying, but I don't think it's scary. I, I also gave it a one. It's not a scary game. It's got some like awful themes though. So once again, I actually scored it higher than both of you. I gave it a two, and it is specifically for one thing. When we beat the giant ape, and then it got back up, it was carrying its head around, and the first time it like brought its severed head up to its face, or its hole where its neck used to be, and screamed through it, that was some fuck shit. Like, that, that did, like, mess me up and then also as i was being guided by virgil through sempo temple you told me the story of the kids and then the night that you're fighting in that bridge area about how he's a dad trying to find his son um that did mess me up too so I, that's why i gave it a two instead of a one but overall this is it's not a horror game like i don't know how you like and again, we different things are scary to different people, right? Like some people are terrified of spiders and some people aren't. But like, I think we talk about horror video games. They try to set out to scare you. Like Resident Evil 4 Remake. Obviously it's a remake, but OG RE4. People say it's very action-y, but there's legitimately things in that that are meant to scare you. Like the Regenadors are some of the scariest things in all of horror and i'm so excited to say him be quiet justin i'm so excited yeah, to i'm see not gonna him. say anything like even when i just like i did i just finished replaying through for professional mode to finish up like my 100 trophies on steam they still scare me like when you go into the room even though i know they're in there you can hear them breathing like they're scary and there's nothing like that in this to review the scores for plot, I gave it a 7. Justin gave it a 6. Steven gave it a 5. For gameplay, I gave it a 3. Justin gave it a 5. Steven gave it an 8. For audio, I gave it a 5.5. Justin gave it a 3. And Steven gave it a 4. And for how scary, I gave it a 2. Justin and Steven gave it 1s. That gives it a Here's Johnny final score of a 43. Let me scroll down. It is tied. Oh, man. Is 43 a popular score? No. But it okay. is tied. It is tied with Tammy and the T-Rex. That's a, that's a shame because Tammy and the T-Rex is so much better. Right above it, uh, movie-wise, is Friday the 13th Part 2 and Life. Another one where we upset one of our patrons when we reviewed it. And then the video games that are at 44 are 3D Monster Maze, which came out in 1981. Which we could not score <laughs> on audio because it is a silent game. Deadly Premonition. And Evil Dead, a fistful of boomstick. Man. Right below it is Aliens Fireteam Elite. Speaking of which, you see that new Aliens game? Yeah, Seagram sent me a trailer for it. I think we might have to get the crew back together and run, run that. Well, it's, it's single player. Never mind. We can talk about it later on. 
But I promised to give you guys the Here's Johnny ranking of these games that we have played so far. So that's excluding Demon Souls, which I do think I will play when it comes to Steam because everything I have heard is that it is the easiest of the batch. So here's my thing is I'm not sure if it will come to Steam because it is not a um, from software game. Blue Point is the one who remade it, and it just like how Shadow of the Colossus never came to PC, I don't think Demon Souls is coming to PC. Okay, well then I won't play it. Okay, <laughs> uh, so should I take Demon Souls out of my ranking because I have played Demon Souls and beaten it? Only because Steven hasn't played it too, and so Steven, okay. you can drop Dark Souls too if you had it included. So what we're ranking is Elden Ring, Dark Souls one. All right, so Elden Ring, Souls one, Souls two. Sekiro and Bloodborne. Okay. Wait, Elden Ring, Souls 1, 3. Yes. Bloodborne, Sekiro. Yep. Yes. So, Steven, as the guest, how would you rank those games? Top to bottom or bottom to top? Let's do bottom to top. Your worst to your favorite. Okay. Okay. Um, My least favorite is Dark Souls 1. Followed by Dark Souls 3. Followed by Sekiro. Followed by Bloodborne. And then Elden Ring is is king. Okay. Interesting. Justin. This is not like score-wise. This is just like no, based, on, yeah. based on the heart. So what are yours, Justin? Um, my bottom is Sekiro. <laughs> <laughs> uh, followed by Bloodborne. Followed by Dark Souls three, followed by Dark Souls one, uh, and then Elden Ring is king. So the way I am doing this is based on I think I think I've mentioned no 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 I don't want to hear the backstory. I'm just letting you guys know <laughs> what way I thought about it is like I have okay. watched a lot of YouTube videos about these games because I do find it just impressive to watch people be good at them. Okay. So that played into how I rank these, like how much I watched like post content. Sekiro. Bloodborne. Okay. Dark Souls 3. Oh, man, Larry. Elden Ring. Okay, interesting. Dark Souls 1. Interesting, okay. I have man, watched, your, heart's, your heart's broken. I have watched so many runs of people like doing item randomizers, item randomizers, use what you find, enemy randomizers, I can only use a knife. Like, I can only use magic. I can only use a stick of like, and it's, just, and it's all been of the OG Dark Souls. I will say Dark Souls is the one I own the most because I own it on every console I have. So I, <laughs> like, until I had the Steam Deck, that's what I was playing on my Switch at work. And now that I have the Steam Deck, I mean, granted, I'm playing Dark Souls or Dark Cloud too. Yeah. But I have Dark Souls 1 on there and downloaded and ready to go. Yeah. I just. I I never get tired of watching just even like different people like I like I watch Vadi do a lot Logos Junior is one of my favorites but I've watched so many different content creators just do different challenge runs of Dark Souls of the OG Dark Souls and I never get tired of it. I, I think it also helps. That You're good. I believe it was the first one that we beat. It is the one I struggled in the least once I ground up all those souls. Mm. I still suck. Yeah, you know, I, I still suck. Like Fire Sage Demon still took it. my ass to the fucking bank. 
it's wild to me that Dark Souls One is above Elden Ring because Elden Ring is fucking amazing. But I I think I would play Dark Souls. Like the, if I think about which one I would put in first, it'd be Dark Souls. It would be really. Well, I mean, yeah, me too. But I I that's not to say the second Elden Ring. Like the second I start thinking about Elden Ring, I want to replay it. I want to sit down and play it. See, I'm gonna have to either buy it on Steam or re up my PlayStation so I can I'm, get help again. I'm not gonna lie, uh uh while I was switching over my laundry, I may have remote installed uh Elden Ring on the PS5. <laughs> okay. Larry, I'll, got- I'll help you with Elden Ring anytime. It is <laughs> it is sublime. Uh let's go ahead and play a quick commercial and then head on in to the closing. Ghosts, split souls, monsters, sociopathic villains, cold-blooded murders, and nightmares becoming reality. Does this sound like horror to you? Actually, these are all things that can be found in the Harry Potter series. It can be scarier than you might think. I'm Katie. And I'm Audrey. And in our podcast, Wizard Studies, we talk about all these parts of the wizarding world and even some more lighthearted stuff. We can be found anywhere you listen to your podcasts and on Instagram and Facebook as Wizard Studies Podcast and Twitter as Wizard Studies. Now back to your regularly scheduled horror talk on Here's Johnny. So Stephen, I not only want to thank you for coming on to record tonight, but also helping me beat this game um, and helping me beat so many similar to Justin in, in Dark Souls 3 and Bloodborne and Elden Ring. It it has been a fun journey, and I think an MMO version of this could be kind of fun, like teaming up. I think you should play Dark Souls. I think we should play Dark Souls 2 to even around it. We can talk player. about it. <laughs> I, I it, also agree with Justin that you should play Dark Souls 2. If we can summon. We can, you know what, Larry? We can probably put so many mods on that thing that it'll just be fun. It'll be so much fun for you to play. <laughs> Steven, is there any social media presence that you'd like to share with the others? Do you want to share your uh, Google Scholar page, your PubMed link? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'm trying to think if I have social media. Um, If you do, uh, I I think we're friends on Facebook, but I don't think either of us post on it. (laughs) No, I have a a Twitter. My Twitter handle is at Surefire2. Do you really? S-H-E-R-F-I-R-E-2. But... I don't think I've I've never posted anything. I've just gotten tagged. Um, but yeah, no, uh, you, you can catch me on PubMed and Google Scholar. Um, <laughs> if we do Dark uh, Souls 2, would you come on and review it with us again? Oh, 100%. Oh, man. But, you know, we should all maybe agree on uh, on how much of that game you want to play. <laughs> that is... That is my critique the, in advance of that game. The thing that but, scares me the most is is what you told me like when we were talking about it, Stephen, we were at coffee, and like you said, when you die, your health bar goes down until you get an item. Like it just keeps going down. That terrifies me because I die to everything. Yeah, no, it, it goes down. It, I think it can only go down to half of the max. Um, the item you get is like frequently occurring in the game. Um, so, and there is an item at the end of the game, which prohibits that. So it makes new game plus or the end game really fun. Um, 
but no, I, I mean, I would be honored to, I really appreciate you guys inviting me to give my two cents, whatever they may be worth. Um, but it's been so much fun playing the games with you and, you know, they're, they're super near and dear to my heart and it's a totally random hobby I never thought I'd get into. And I really do want to echo what Justin said earlier that the whole get good community, I think is pretty toxic. Um, I love a hard game, but also there's no reason that, you know, we should gatekeep, you know, everyone, if, if you cheese, that's just as good as beating it, you know, with no hits. That's me. I, I am the cheese. <laughs> Justin, any last thoughts? Uh, no. Resident Evil 4 remake is next week, guys. I literally cannot put into words how excited you I am. You know what? Larry, by the time this goes out, you will have already played it. I'll beat it. Well, I don't know. You got some weekend plans, apparently, so you might not get it beat. <laughs> Patrons, hang out to the campfire. We'll talk to everybody later. Until next week, stay scary. The Here's Johnny podcast is brought to you by Larry and Justin. You can find the show on Twitter at Here's Johnny Cast, and you can find Larry at Beaver LA. You can find Justin at PickleThing, and you can email the show at Here's Johnny Podcast at gmail.com. You can look us up on Facebook at Here's Johnny Podcast. As always, in the show notes, you can find links to the Discord and to the website. We are also on Instagram at Here's Johnny underscore podcast. Also in the show notes, we'll have a link to the Twitch and YouTube channels. And if you would like to support the show, you can head on over to patreon.com slash Here's Johnny podcast. Every cent goes into the show. And yeah, we just really use it to make the show better. Again, I just want to say thank you very much to our patrons. You guys help make this possible. But yeah, Patreon is the way we support the show. We are looking to get rich. And like Justin said, every dollar, every cent, it all goes back in. There's some pretty cool tears, so head on and look at that. But until next week, see you guys later.